Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we review horror movies in 30 minutes or less. Today's movie we're going to be reviewing is Suitable Flesh. It's directed by Joe Lynch, written by Dennis Paoli, I'm going Paoli, and H.P. Lovecraft. Starring Heather Graham as Dr. Elizabeth Derby, Judith Lewis as Asa Waite, Barbara Crampton as Dr. Daniela Upton, and Bruce Davison. Dickinson? No, not Dickinson, Davison. Bruce Davison as Emphem Waite. The plot is a psychiatrist becomes obsessed with one of her young patients who she later discovers is linked by an ancient curse. But before we get into it, Corey, last night I was looking in the mirror and you know what? My beard was looking gnarly. And I said to myself, I can't look like this. I got to do something. So I decided to break out Beard Octane's beard wash and conditioner along with their beard oil. And dude, my beard looked amazing. I'm glad you turned me on to Beard Octane. Yeah, of course. Like I said, I've been using their products for years and I can vouch for them. And whether you're pounding IPAs or chopping wood, you got to look your best. Visit BeardOctane.com and use the code 30Screams10 at checkout for a 10% discount. It helps us. And like I said, the products are absolutely incredible. They're local too. They're based out of Connecticut. So help them out and support small businesses. We're not just slinging beard grooming supplies. We've been using them for a while. Yeah, we have. With that said, 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of Suitable Flesh? So we briefly talked about this off air, but this somehow this movie may have had the best trailer I've ever seen in my entire life because it looks so good. However, whoever made this trailer is an absolute genius because they fucking hoodwinked all of us. What a sack <laughs> of shit. Steve, I don't want to talk about this anymore. What do you think? I don't want to talk about it anymore either. 30 Seconds or Less starts now. <laughs> no, we just it's over we gotta, wrap we, it up. it's over wrapping it up shortest episode ever other than the it stinks for underground but this movie i did not like it at all i felt the same way when you showed me the trailer i was like oh this looks pretty good yeah let's review this one i woke up monday morning if it was president's day right and i got to start my day a little bit later like 10 a.m my work shift started so i'm like you know what I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have a coffee, get my laptop all ready, throw this on and watch it. I'm watching it and I'm like, I fucking hate this. I don't like this. Like 10 minutes into the movie, I'm like, I can already see where this is going. This is not going to be good. It played out almost like a Skinamax movie. Yeah, it was like one of those, like, almost like a mock movie. You know what? It's very hard to describe. I couldn't tell if it was trying to be serious or not through the, the whole movie. Yeah, I think it was Heather Graham probably trying to be as serious as possible in this movie and just wasn't working. So that's oh. another thing, dude. Heather Graham, like I saw that she got cast in this film and I was like, oh man, Heather Graham is awesome. Like she's been in a bunch of really great movies. Yeah. And it's almost like they paid her to forget how to act in this movie. 
It's very true. Just watching her, you could tell she was trying, but you know when you try hard, you just look bad? I think that's kind of what was happening here. Like It was the weight between her trying to be a good actress versus everyone else who was not that great of an actor or actress. It created a weird dynamic, and everything just kind of didn't feel right. Felt off the whole time. Yeah, and like... Heather Graham is star power, and I, I was so misled. I don't know. Yeah, good thing we saw some... this one for free. Yeah, I know. Good thing it was on Shutter. Well, you technically know, it... not free, but... Yeah, I mean, we pay for Shutter monthly, and it's like five bucks or whatever. So it's not exactly breaking the bank. As long as I didn't have to rent this thing on Vudu, we're good. Because Vudu's like $7. I would have freaking wanted to punch you if I had to rent <laughs> this thing for $7. You I would like, take your <laughs> I would take my anger out on you. <laughs> I would be like, Corey, I, I need you to Venmo me now. I would um, I would take that one. I, it would be my fault. You would take the L? That's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Heather Graham, she's been in some decent roles. She was Roller Girl in Boogie Nights. Great movie. She was also in Austin Powers' Spy Who Shagged Me. So... I love that movie. I love both of those movies. Um, trying to like drawing a blank a little bit on what else she's been in. I think she's been mostly like kind of weird roles. Like she was in Anger Management with Adam Sandler and oh my god, help me out here, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Thank you, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Scream yeah. Two. Oh, she was in Scream Two. That's right. Yeah, she was Casey in in the Stab movie. Good find. Wow. Okay. So she's had some uh, notable roles. I guess I just didn't realize it. I haven't seen Scream 2 in quite some time. Actually, it was playing when I was living in an old apartment, but I was too busy doing shit and it was just on in the background. I wasn't even really paying attention to notice that she was in it, but good call. So she's been in some decent movies, but I think it didn't work for her in this one. No, man. It's like... Is she, like, wrapping up her career or what? She just wanted to throw in a stinker before she finished up acting? I don't know, man. I think it was a tax write-off. Like, <laughs> like I just got to do this movie real quick, uh, just get paid, like, a small amount, almost make it look like a donation. Just, like, you know, I did this movie as a donation just so I can uh, write it off on my taxes. Yeah. And the guy that played um, Ace has been in a few different movies, too. Like a few notable movies. Yeah, so that movie Summer of 84 on Netflix, he was in both the Babysitter movies. Oh, okay. uh, The Christmas Chronicles. Yeah, that's right. Babysitter Demolition. I think that's with Jake Gyllenhaal. But I don't know what his role was in it. Probably something small. You said Demolition, and I was like, he was in a movie with Sylvester Stallone, and then that's a different movie. Demolition Demolition Man. Man, An absolute (laughs) masterpiece of a movie. I was like, boy, if Judah was in that movie, how far they fall? Yeah, I know. Oh, geez. Demolition Man, I love it. I think at the time, people probably shit on it like crazy. Now going back to it and watching it, people have a different point of view on that movie. Yeah. Dude, so the first time we see like Asa, I don't know what he was doing. Like It almost looked like he was having a seizure. Yeah. I thought he was going to turn into a werewolf. (laughs) Okay. You thought it was going to go that route, like that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, like you've watched movies before where people turn into werewolves and they literally act the same way. They get down on all fours and just start like shaking uncontrollably and like howling at the moon, essentially. Yeah. He was doing that. He was doing that. And how did you feel about it? Because I felt it was so damn cheesy looking. 
Oh, it was awful. The transmission scenes or whatever. Oh, yeah. Where they're like switching bodies or whatever. It was like Freaky Friday, not Freaky Friday. Yeah. Like I made a note here. So every single time I thought the movie might be getting good, one of those stupid transmission scenes happens. Mm -hmm. They look so fucking bad. Yeah, it was awful. Dude, the very beginning of the movie, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm going to be sick. Imagine you on Eddie's watching it because it was like the screen was just spinning around over and over. And I think it was like Heather Graham banging someone. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, every time that happened. Yeah, every time that happened, just the screen spinning. No idea why. It didn't even need to do that. Like you could have had less angles and probably had the same approach, same chaotic look without literally making the viewer sick to their stomach. You know what it kind of reminded me of? It's almost like Joe Lynch was a big fan of Requiem for a Dream and kind of wanted to recreate those scenes. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. They did a lot of that in those too. Yeah, but... This, uh, I mean, Requiem for a Dream was a whole different ball game. It was meant to be really, like, fucked up. So this, I don't know what the hell they were trying to do with this. Like, if they were trying to be like, oh, we're, no, it's very chaotic, it's very scary, it's very this, so we have to make the camera fucking 360 over and over and over. It was ridiculous. But a lot of the camera work I thought was weird. There was shots that were just very off. For instance, there was a conversation between Heather Graham's character and her husband, and he was, like, kicked off to the far right of the screen. I'm like, why? Why are you focusing on the background on, like, half his face? It didn't make any sense. A lot of it, I felt, was just they didn't plan accordingly, clearly, for any of these shots. I feel like they just kind of fucking winged it, wung it, winged it. <laughs> The poster, they even tried to sell it with the poster from the makers of Reanimator and From Beyond. Like, no way. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's stretching. Okay, so it goes back to the one of the writers, Dennis Paoli, is the guy that wrote Reanimator, From Beyond, Body Snatchers. What, it, what happened? I don't know. You know. It seems like this movie had everything going for it, and then everyone just like, eh, I'm good. Like, print it, copy it, sell it, whatever. And that's what happened. Okay, Dennis Paoli, we just talked about it. Like, Reanimator, amazing movie. One of the greats. H.P. Lovecraft, amazing writer. Heather Graham, good actress. Also, Bruce Davison, you see him in, like, movies all the time. So they had a lot going for it. It's just missed the mark. This must be based on, like, a story that H.P. Lovecraft wrote because he's been fucking dead for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So it is based on one of H.P. Lovecraft's stories. And they oh. probably took it and fucking you know, butchered the shit out of it. Based on the thing on the doorstep. Yeah. What thing on the doorstep was in this movie? Uh, I was about to say the pizza delivery guy, but that was the last movie we did. Yeah, the last movie we did was great. <laughs> yes, there was a pizza delivery guy in that. So there were excessive sex scenes in this movie, too, and they were all so awful and awkward. Mm -hmm. And not to mention the atrocious music throughout oh. the entire movie. Like, I have never been so, like, unhappy with a soundtrack in my life. Dude, straight porno music for these scenes. It was absurd. I'm, I'm and it wasn't even here, good. I'm watching... No, it wasn't even good. I've heard porno music that's good. This was not good. No. So, yeah. I mean, we've all heard that kind of music. There's been some that are pretty decent. But this, I don't know where they got this music from. I can say this. As I'm sitting there watching this movie, I have neighbors upstairs, and I'm thinking to myself, they must think I'm watching porn. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, because all those scenes with her, she's like moaning really loudly. Oh yeah. And yeah, the she... I, I feel like they like when they edited this, the sound production booth, they like turned that part up. Okay, good. Because I mean, it good got loud, right? Yeah, it got really loud. So I'm like, I'm gonna turn this down just a little bit. And they... anytime those scenes happened, I was turning them down. Yeah, they were uh, they were excessive. That's yeah. for sure. The sex scenes were just very odd. So there was one sex scene between Asa and Elizabeth, and they were both fully clothed. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way. Nah. Th that's dry humping. But they still played the music. Yeah, they did. And in the background was the Asa's father decapitated, I believe, at that point. So but that sex scene, I was like, between Liz and Asa, I was like, there's probably a huge age difference here. This is weird. Oh, absolutely. It was a pretty big age difference, and it was odd. I'm watching this, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay, you're a doctor. What the hell are you doing just walking into people's houses? That's breaking and entering. Yes, the door was unlocked, but that doesn't mean you just simply walk into the house. That's not inviting someone in. That'd be like if I was sitting here, right, and I'm on the computer, and my door is unlocked. Someone just walks in like, oh, hey, I didn't know if someone was here. It's like, yeah, I fucking live here. I don't know. I'm getting all up in arms about it. Yeah, you sound upset. I am upset. I'm upset I spent an hour and 37 minutes watching this. Was that really how long it was? It felt like four hours. I know, it did. It dragged. It dragged a lot. And yeah. the story didn't make any fucking sense. Not at all. They never explain once why or what is going between these two people. Like, the title makes sense now that I have seen it. Because you have, like, a demon or a ghost or something that just hops between bodies. Because they made it so obvious with the name there was one point where it was elizabeth she's like this body is suitable suitable flesh i'm like oh oh god <laughs> oh real god. real zinger there i'm like you've gotta be kidding me i've seen like sitcoms where the actors are portraying actors in the show it's like actor inception and they're clearly on a b movie and they're saying shit like that I'm just like, I thought they did that for funsies, not in actual movies. It was so weird. I'm just surprised that they would just dial it in like that. Yeah, but like this awkward sex scene between Asa and Liz also brought one of my favorite scenes and well, actually my favorite scene in the movie, probably the only one I gave a shit about, was Asa beheading his own father. Yes, I was going to actually uh, elaborate on that, too, with you. Yeah, he, like, went to town. This man's got, like, a dull blade. It's like a, a fishing fillet knife is what I think it is. It's just yeah. dull. And he spends, like, a good six or seven minutes just hacking his own father's head off. It did drag on a little bit. Yeah, and it was, I, I loved it. It was great. I love beheadings. We've talked about this before. We have talked about this before. So, the beheading, after he's done hanging her and he's got, like, the head and he's got blood all over him. And behind him is a fire that was a very cool visual. There was two scenes in this movie that I thought were great visually. That was definitely one of them. And we're yeah. going to talk about the other one too, but we're not even at that point yet. Honestly, we could almost jump to that point because fucking like just dumb shit happens between this and that. Okay, so she confessed to her husband that she cheated on him with Asa, her patient, and then they do the whole body switching thing again, right? Where it's like they look like they're both having a seizure. And so she goes home to talk to her husband, and 
they freaking you know they do they do what they do right and she was like doing knife play which is you know to each their own that's a thing oh my god she's like sliding it up his pant leg yeah that's a lot was, of trust i was like do not cut this man's balls off i can't handle it but yeah all she did was just cut his underwear off and then they went at it and then you got to see one heather graham boob just one <laughs> i didn't think it was at this moment because it, her face wasn't in the scene Oh, you think she had a body double? Well, she spends probably the second half of the entire movie in a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. No, you could see everything in one of those scenes. So, yeah, they were just doing their thing, and obviously, awkward sex scene again where the, the camera is spinning, and I'm like, fuck, okay, so my neighbors probably think I'm watching a porno. I'm sitting here getting fucking <laughs> sick. I'm just like, I'm not enjoying this. So honestly, I watched a good portion of this movie. Then I had to work. Ended my work day, came back to it. I was like, I'm back at this thing. What the hell am I thinking? He struggled to th- struggled through the rest of it. I struggled through the rest of it. I watched I had- it all in one sitting, but I absolutely paused it several times just to see how much time was left in it. <laughs> when you do that, you know you're not watching a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm browsing TikTok at one point. Oh, yeah. You're, you're checked out. But- I did the same thing with Underground. I was just kind of looking at my phone wasn't paying attention i was like oh shit um i should rewind because i missed like a whole giant portion you know you think nothing's really happening so you're like all right well i'll just go on my phone where something is happening and then you go oh fuck something did happen i missed the whole thing you have to rewind like crazy yeah so what was that second part you were going to talk about because i'm curious if it's the same thing that i i enjoyed actually i think it is so the second part is that Asa came to the doctor's office. So he's confronting Elizabeth. Elizabeth is threatening to throw herself out the window. And oh yeah, she ends up hypnotizing him, right? So she hypnotizes a demon, basically. And so she stabs him in the head with the knife. This is not the visual I'm talking about. I'm just setting up what's about to happen. No, I know where you're going with this. The backup camera. Yes. The backup camera I thought was really cool, really unique. I don't think I've ever seen that happen in a movie. Yeah. I I thought that was very original. It looked really good. It looked so awesome, though, because we were watching the whole thing happen through the backup camera on this dashboard of her car. Yeah. It was great. I thought that uh, that was the second visual that I loved. And then after that... It was Freaky Friday multiplied by 10. They just kept jumping bodies. Like, at some point, I was like, who's who now? Yeah, that's kind of where I was at at this point, too. Yeah, it's it's not like I was who's who, like I was invested. I'm like, I'm confused. Who is the demon now? (laughs) (laughs) That's just it. Like, we don't know. Was it a demon? We don't. They didn't go into any backstory with this. All that we saw was a book with some drawings on it. Mm-hmm. Never expanded on it at all. At all. So we don't know why this is happening. When you don't know why something's happening, I think you're less invested because now you don't have anything to go off of. You're just like, okay, I guess it's a demon, right? You're confused the whole time. You're just second guessing yourself and it takes focus away from the actual movie. I want to know how she had the stamina because when she backed over him. He was not dead, so she like sits on his chest and just starts stabbing him repeatedly. Oh my god! With must that have been fucking 100... bloody knife again. Yeah, or must the have been a hundred stabs, dude. Easy. Yeah, like over and over. If I stabbed someone three times, my arm would be tired. Dude, when I shake the orange juice, my arm gets tired. <laughs> <laughs> yep. When I brush my teeth, I get winded. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting old sucks. Yep. Yeah. 
So, yeah, she went to town on him. And at that point, it was just a bag of meat. There was like nothing left to him, just flesh, right? Heaping pile of flesh. I think the makeup looked pretty, pretty good, though. After this butchering, mm-hmm. his bloody, destroyed body looked oh, look great. Yeah. So that did look good. Um, you know, and you could see like that dead body kind of like dragging himself into the hallway, stuff like that, and, and his blood. So it looked good. And I thought there were some weird scenes to it because obviously after they did the whole transference, I guess we'll call it transference. So I think they were calling it transmission. Transmission. All right. Well, we'll go with transmission then. So they were doing the whole transmission thing and they transmissioned into like that dead body. So I think it was like Asa in the body. They transitioned Asa into Elizabeth's body. Elizabeth is now into that heaping pile of meat of a body. And she's trying to like get out of there and tell people that she's Elizabeth. But obviously when you're just like a bag of, I don't know, flesh, it's kind of hard to say who you are. So now at this point, She's trying to get uh, her friend's attention, saying it's her. And you know what? Her friend's actually starting to believe her because she started having this conversation with Asa, who, or the, you know what, the demon that's within Elizabeth. So she's having this discussion with him and she can see the difference that, okay, this isn't Elizabeth. This is something else. But the whole time she's thinking it's split personality. So there's a lot of moving parts happening here. A lot of transmissions and multiple personality disorders and sex and this and that. A lot going on. Didn't she mention that one time too, like bipolar or multiple personality disorder? Oh, yeah. The whole movie's about that. No, but I mean, didn't she specifically say that's what was happening? Yeah, that's what she said was happening. Yeah, she was thinking that like the job got to her and, uh, you know, she too hard on herself and it caused her to be crazy that type deal so this whole fight now breaks out between her friend daniela or dr daniela upton but i'll just say daniela so daniela and elizabeth this fight is happening but in elizabeth is the demon so they're fighting and then the demon switches to daniela still fighting but daniela got behind a security guard and saying that it's not see i'm confused (laughs) <laughs> i'm trying to matter. talk it out it, I'm, it doesn't matter i'm t- trying to talk it out and i'm just like what the hell it's very confusing because they kept jumping back and forth like they would say something in an ancient language right and then yeah, that language is what triggers the transmission so yeah this whole fight is happening and i don't even know where i am like this movie is so confusing <laughs> basically <laughs> just let's just sum it up and wrap this up so basically the demon or whatever the fuck, now is inside of Danny after this fight. And then we see Liz in an insane asylum. Yep. And Danny's all smiling and uh, camera fades out, end of movie. Let's do the reviews. But the thing is, it's not Liz (laughs) in the insane asylum. It's Danny who is stuck in the insane asylum and the demon has Danny's body. So it's just jumping like crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's going between the two of them. Oh, yeah. So... All right, Corey, Uh, let's get into those reviews. What do you give it? 
I was going to say one out of five, but I'm going to give this two out of five dead kids. We finally did it, Steve. We found a <laughs> shitty movie, and this is literally only getting two stars because the gore and violence were actually pretty good, like I said before. I love that beheading scene. It looked awesome. Ace's makeup looked awesome when he got stabbed to death. Uh, the concept was pretty original, but I think they failed on executing it. Mm -hmm. And the film was absolutely littered with cringe for pretty much all of it. Yeah. And I will close my review by saying... Poor Heather Graham. Poor Heather Graham. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of cringe to this movie. I went a little different. So easy one out of five for me. This movie played more like a softcore porn with cheesy music and poor production. I couldn't tell whether the quality was bad because of like the shutter streaming service or if it was just like this thing was shot in 720p. I don't know if you've noticed that because I'm watching it and I'm like, this doesn't look that good. So. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, I couldn't tell if it's if it was trying to be serious because, like you said, it was grainy 720p, like shot in a, like an old ass Nokia phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the effects are, I would say, as comparable as the rooftop from The Room. Even starring Heather Graham, who is a seasoned actress at this point, couldn't save this movie. You could almost tell she was trying to turn this movie into something halfway decent, but couldn't deliver. And I don't think that's necessarily all on her. You can't place the blame on Heather Graham for this because there were a lot of things wrong with this movie. The idea of the story felt original, but overall had bad writing, bad production, continuity errors all over, and bad acting. For instance, this continuity error I noticed was when Asa cut off Dad's head, right? Blood is spraying everywhere, and Heather Graham's got blood on her shirt. She goes to the mental institution where her friend Danny works, no blood on the shirt, and Danny's like, oh, you know what? We'll get you a new shirt. It's like, why? There's nothing on it. Does so, she use a Tide pen on her way to the uh, asylum? Oh, I want that Tide pen. I have them. I have one, but that's got to be a world-class Tide pen right there. Yeah, you know that this movie was just kind of a promotion for Tide Pens. But I'm reading the uh, continuity on IMDb. Mm -hmm. Heather Graham witnesses someone being beheaded and gets sprayed with blood. She runs out of the house and there's not a spot of blood on her anywhere. So you notice that. Oh, yeah. Heather Graham gets her right hand cut by a knife. Later, she holds out her hand to someone and there's not a mark on it. <laughs> <laughs> when Graham's character arrives at 33 High Street, there's a sign on the lawn that clearly reads a much higher number. As she approaches the house, the sign has been removed. <laughs> wow. Okay. So just continuity errors all over the place. Factual errors. When Dr. Derby is committed to the hospital cell and talking to Dr. Upton, it is shown that she is wearing blue socks along with her hospital gown. She would have been in bare feet because allowing a disturbed patient's socks would be considered a potential danger, according to hospital policy. Are they going to be, like, eating and swallowing the sock? Well, you can hang yourself with it. Oh. I, I don't... Whatever. <laughs> oh, the quotes. What is this book? Oh, it is entitled None of Your Fucking Business. It's like, okay. That's, a, that's an interesting oh, this book is good. name. So, Dr. Derby, no, wait, I was in your body. Asa, I was in yours. Dr. Derby, no, no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, my mind was in your body. Asa, well, I guess then if everybody ever tells you to go fuck yourself, you can tell them you have. <laughs> that's like <laughs> what you were just describing right there. Sounds like the meme of the Spider-Mans pointing at each other. 
Yeah, no, you. Look, no, you. No, you. I was in your body. No, I was in your body. Dr. And Derby, so should I call the police? Dr. Upton, and tell them what? That a young male patient you slept with murdered the reanimating corpse of his father? <laughs> Dr. Derby, you said you weren't on drugs. Dr. Upton, oh, that sounds like something a drug addict would say. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of uh, ridiculously cheesy quotes in this movie. <laughs> if that's your thing, there you go. Feel free to watch it. But I can't recommend it. I don't recommend this movie at all. And you know what's going to happen, right? It's going to fucking blow up now. People are going to listen to this podcast and go, oh, well, maybe I should check it out. Mm-hmm. I hope it works out that way. You know what? More traffic. Yeah, more traffic. More traffic for us. More traffic for Shutter. So other than the visual of the car reversing or Asa bloodied holding the head with the fire in the background or even the heaping pile of meat with that makeup. So look, that looked good. But this movie just missed the mark for me. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm so disappointed because, like I had said several times, they did a real good job at marketing this thing with the trailer. And it was way different than what the trailer like portrayed it was going to be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, you see that a lot now where there's some people that make some amazing trailers, and that's the idea. It's to sell you on, this is going to be a good movie, and then you go into it and you're like, what the fuck? I got duped, hoodwinked, bamboozled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This should be called Bamboozled the Film. Bamboozled the Film. So just a lot of just, I don't know, some people are really good with that, and it's an art form. Good for them to be able to pull that off. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely duped in this one. I decided to go the extra mile on this because I was like, you know what? I got to see. The box office mojo gross worldwide for this movie. You ready for this? $22,751. Didn't really make much. Worldwide. I wonder if the budget was more than that. I'm sure it was. Heather Graham probably didn't go into this for less than... Maybe a hundred thousand. That would be my guess. But I would love to know oh. the b- budget of this movie because it can't be a million dollars. It can't be. So you had the budget at twenty two thousand seven. Okay. No, I had I, the gross at twenty two thousand oh, oh. seven hundred fifty one dollars. That's how much so, it made worldwide. So that's not the first film had a budget of twelve point six million. Wait, no, no. Yeah, Suitable Flesh had a, a twelve point six million and made twenty eight point seven million at the box office. This is on IMDb. No, you're looking at something different. You have to be. <laughs> I must be looking at a porn. I think you're looking at porn instead of Suitable Flesh. <laughs> go, go to Google and type what was the budget for Suitable Flesh. All right, it's the first thing that pops up. Let's see. I see what you're saying. Okay. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, let's see. Horror fans responded by seeing the film anyways, making it a minor hit? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> that's a lie. That is an absolute bold-faced lie. Okay, budget of 12.6 meets, no. this. I think we're getting some bad metadata on this. Okay, let's see. Yeah, we're getting some bad metadata. That's what's happening. So you're reading just straight off of what you see right on Google. But if you click into it and scroll down, you'll see Suitable Flesh streaming exclusively on Shutter. and mentions nothing of, like, money it's made. If I saw it on Google, it's true. Okay. Fair enough. You can't convince me otherwise. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> this movie made $27 million. Who I don't believe that, Where did that money go? Yeah, there's the, right? Probably 11 million of it went to Heather Graham. You know what? Good for her if that was the case. But I highly doubt that. Asa probably got a Wendy's cheeseburger. That's a good cheeseburger, though. I wouldn't, <laughs> I would take that payday. Yeah. Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Fuck yeah. I just got to be in a movie and have it on my IMDb. Okay. There's no way that's really what it is. No, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. What's it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Here's the thing, though. Look at Winnie the Pooh. What? Blood. What? It has, it has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes? One person had to review that. Am I trapped in hell? I think we're in Bizarro World, man. Because there's 70- no way that movie is rated that high with like a ton of people. 85% on the tomato meter of 71 reviews and then 61% audience score with 100 plus reviews. Oh my God. Uh, Why? I think this is the last episode of the podcast. I can't I, compete. Oh my God. <laughs> right, I guess we're just going to stick to Letterboxd for now. And then maybe we'll work our way back because right now we're just freaking like flabbergasted. Box office. This says box office gross USA 11.1K. Yes. Exactly. That's why I was just going with Worldwide to make it seem at least a little bit respectful, but not a lot. They probably had that in one theater. It was like probably a mom and pop theater that you're just like, oh, they're playing some weird random old school movie. I guess I'll see that and then I'll see a Heather Graham movie. I don't know. You know what? I bet you they pro- people probably saw Heather Graham. I bet that's Austin Powers too. And they go in and they're like, what is this movie? <laughs> I mean- there was more than one Austin Powers, Steve, so it couldn't have been Austin Powers 2. Why not? Heather Graham's in it. Yeah, but she was in Austin Powers 2, so it would be Austin Powers 3 or 4, right? No, there were only three of them. Austin Powers 1 had Elizabeth Hurley, Austin Powers 2 had Heather Graham, and Austin Powers 3 had Beyonce. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're bullshitting, but you're not. I'm not bullshitting at all. I, Did you I see she I just was... released a country song? Beyonce? Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I forgot until just now that Beyonce was in Gold Member. Okay. So first of all, uh, apparently Beyonce's written a country song. This movie is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's happening to us right now. I think we're going through that transmission and everything's fucked up and we're not sure what's up. <laughs> like the demon took over both of us and now we're like, we're fucking gone. We're this like, is what- we're checked out. This is like The Ring, basically, where you watch it and you get all fucked up. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, then. I guess... I've had enough. I've had enough of this movie. I am done talking about it because it's just... I didn't like it. I'm glad we broke the streak, though, because we had way too many five out of fives, and my palate is cleansed. Yep, let's go back to five out of fives. Yeah, I like that idea. So we have some ideas in mind for the next episode, but stay tuned. You'll hear it. I think it's going to be good, but we'll see. All right, everyone, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure. Of course, tell your friends. Both our intro and outro music are courtesy of Andrew Scott Bell. Be sure to check out Andrew on all major streaming platforms. And if you see Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on vinyl in the wild, be sure to pick it up. We're also part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They're an awesome podcast network ranging from wrestling to heavy metal, horror, all that good stuff. So check that out. 
Visit 30screamsatless.com for all previous episodes and transcripts to go with those episodes. Also, check out beardoctane.com for their whole line of grooming supplies and be sure to use the code 30screams10 at checkout for 10% off your order. And if there's anything you want us to review, send an email to 30screamsorless at gmail.com or, or hit us up on social media. Use hashtag 30screamsorless. And also, we have some awesome merch for sale on our website, so definitely check that out. If you go to our website, at the very top, there's a shop link. Click that link, and you'll see all sorts of shirts, hats, mugs, things like that. If you buy it, it helps going towards our hosting costs. I'm Steve. I'm Corey. And thanks for listening to 30 Screams or Less. And don't forget to drink your beans. I'm a demon. 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 <laughs>